Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Entry Metrics with obligatory technical difficulties for a little bit. Hopefully, we'll go away or we'll manage. And this one, we have Brian Sype with us, uh, the one and only orc player, guard player, uh, Eldari player, whatever actually um, he does. Who knows? And he, what he will be playing in the future, maybe we'll um, learn. Uh, yeah, so how was your guys' weekend? I know you've both been to the ITT International Team Tournament in England, um, one of the Grand UKTC events. Uh, Brian, you with Ignite, I believe, took first, and the Team Extinguished did not extinguish Team Ignite from what I've heard and seen. And Nathan was part of that team. So, Brian, how was the whole team experience in the old meta what have you brought to the table as team ignite <coughs> so um when we were approaching the event um we one of the benefits of uktc um especially in team events is it's very mappable in terms of uh player base armies who you expect to see what kind of teams you think you're going to be there and so uh we were able to really focus in on what we considered kind of our biggest threats, if you will, um, going into the event, the teams most likely to give us the most competitive round and then plan our armies accordingly based on kind of what we predicted there, um, coupled with our own um, individual skill sets and, and the like. So, um, so you know, to that end, obviously you want me to go through kind of the armies we took and such or? Uh... Oh, sorry. Hmm? Zach, would you like me to go through the armies or? Yes, please yeah. tell me what you exactly what you've brought and who was with you actually, because uh, yeah, I know so... that team, team Ignite is now quite a big team, and you have way more than just five players to go to e team events. Well, way way more is a lot. We have eight players, um, so <laughs> I wouldn't say it was way more. You can do exactly one eight man event if everybody's available that weekend. Um, but uh, um, the event was actually originally the original team that we we're going to be sending was myself. Um, Chris Radford, um, Liam VSL, Vic VJ, and Boris uh, Mitchell. Um, mm -hmm. Boris um, ended up uh, dropping out um, a little earlier um, because something came up. Um, and so uh, uh, Dave subbed in for his place. And then uh, Vic realized shortly before the event that that was actually his anniversary weekend and decided <laughs> to stay married. And, uh, and, and hmm. um, Yokel stepped in to take his spot. Um, and so, you know, imagine, roster, imagine doing that in, instead of playing for the game. And that's on. the priorities, man. It's really made me question his team membership. Um, but um, the final roster then ended up being myself, Chris Radford, David Gaylord, uh, Johansson, and Liam VSL, the one and only. Um, solid. Which pretty solid team, I would say, um, in terms of, of player skill. Um, then we started looking at, uh, at which armies um, we wanted to take. Um, uh, for me, I wanted to kind of stay in my wheelhouse for, uh, I'm, I'm applying for Team USA this year, and so there's kind of a, a wheelhouse of armies that I'm kind of looking at, um, which is largely kind of Botan, Guard, and Orcs, um, and so I wanted to kind of try to stay in that relative space if I could, um, and so uh, that's where um, Guard ended up being kind of pretty quickly um, the army that seemed to be the best fit um, for what we were predicting, uh, so I ended up on Guard um just you know kind of classic kazakhan tank commander artillery build 
Um, How many then, alterated uh, pieces have you brought? Uh, four. Four. One basilisk, triple manticore. So no, just, just the best kind of Warhammer. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, we had Death Guard uh, from Yokel. Um, this is an army he's been playing for a little cool. while. Um, he quite enjoys them. I think they're quite strong as well. Um, the uh, <laughs> um, Was that the uh, triple brigand list? Yes. So it's kind of built off of, uh, it might even be exactly Liam's uh, mm -hmm. build when he was playing them, um, which is triple brigand, um, some demon allies, and then a lot of mechanized plague marines. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredibly powerful list that so is access to fight first. A lot of a lot of tools that make it a nightmare into a lot of armies that were kind of towards the top of the meta at the tail end of that last battle in status late. So it was a good fit there, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. um, Dave uh, is our resident uh, robot boy. So he uh, he took the Terminators um, in the form of, of Necrons. Um, he took a list uh, which was interesting. It was Hypercrypt with a monolith. Um, uh, I think he took some initial inspiration from Matt Laura's list. So he tried it out and then uh, made modifications to try, try to make it a little bit better. Um, and uh, how many Catan? I think um, that's the biggest question in Hypercrypt right now. I think it was two. I think it was the Just names. Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. He only had two. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, like a big brick of destroyers, a bunch of immortals of fire and fade, mm -hmm. the monoliths, the two Catan. Um, and a couple solo destroyers, stuff like that, that are doing scoring stuff. Um, Liam took a uh, what I would call a Liam and or Duda special for his uh, yep. for his Eldar yes, army, dead list. Uh, which is just a pile of crap that somehow gets 20s. <laughs> um, nobody knows how it works, it just does. Um, so it's kind of Falcons, troops, fire dragons, my aspect wars, why just MSU kind of Eldar. Uh, weirdly, he had kind of designed it, submitted it before the battle state of slate. And it doesn't change at all, really, in the balance. They just play; yep. you just run it straight up. Imagine, um, imagine playing Wraith Guard. Yeah. Imagine in 2024. Come on, pretty, and spinners. Come on. I think. Yeah, it's not where you want to be. Um, and then Chris Radford, um, who is kind of a resident Marine expert, um, decided that he wanted to try something a little bit different and try the Curse Cultist build for um, for Chaos Space Marines. Um, he had put in some reps for it. Felt confident in it, and uh, I think they played well over the weekend with it. Um, and uh, I think that's everybody. Liam, Dave, myself, mm -hmm. and Chris. Yeah, so that's kind of our awesome. our, our team makeup, which uh, we felt paired up pretty nicely into what we estimated uh, might be taken by um, by Extinguish, maybe what War Masters want to take. We wanted to make sure we had game into anything we could play, um, and we weren't going to get pinned with anything. That was kind of one of our priorities too. Um, with five-man teams, you know, yeah, I think it's easier to pin things than say in, in, in a larger sure. hand. For sure. mm -hmm. so. Definitely, you cannot. There is no way you're covering every base. I mean, yeah. you can get close to that, but sometimes you just miss the mark or come against an army or something that just has no answer. For example, mm -hmm. way harder in five months than in eight months to build a cohesive team like that. Mm -hmm. Right, Nathan. What about Team Extinguish? Who was with you, and what did you bring? So we took predominantly like a Team England type team. We had myself on Chaos Knights. We had my brother, Josh Roberts, on uh, Necrons, just after his Nottingham GT win with Necrons. 
Then we had Tony Chu back on his Eldar. We had Manny on his CSM Accursed list because it was kind of like one last outing with what is his kind of strongest list. Mm -hmm. Obviously, did well at Worlds, etc. Yeah, quite uh, well. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, did all right. He did, did okay. Right. Yeah, did okay, and uh, did okay at ITC as well. Um, then we had Innis come join Team Team England Special. England, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, obviously our stat check counterpart, uh, and he was on the Black Templar Vehicle Horde. Yep, which... the Iron Storm, right? With yes, gladiator reapers and such. Yeah, so we took a pretty standard kind of. I think we took four of what I would pre-data slate four of the top five lists. We took Marines, Necrons, Eldar, CSM. Mm -hmm. The only one we didn't take was Sisters. I didn't. I didn't think I'd get enough reps on Sisters. Uh, we felt World Eaters was a bit of a trap in five mans. Then Absolutely. that kind of left the that kind of left me on. What do I play as the fifth list? And at that point, it came to. I was either going to play the Death Guard or the. Chaos Knights, just because I've got so many reps on Chaos Knights, and it just in the end I chose to do Chaos Knights. Felt better with the Matrix, felt better with the matchups, and they, while can be volatile, do have the ability to push because we were quite aware that in not that the Death Guard can't, but it was more with ninety with a potential of a hundred teams, so five hundred people there, you could have. If it was all 100 teams, it was four undefeated and only two go through at the end. But realistically, because it was 92, 94 teams, there was only going to be three at best. Mm -hmm. So not only did we have to go 5-0, and oh, we'd have to go 5-0 and oh and not be the lowest scorer. So CK, I, I just felt I could push for more points in more matchups with CK. Um, yeah. I think... Yeah. The, the the meta that the ITT was played in, the last team's meta, was solid enough that there were as so many options that you can actually build the team around that it's hard to go wrong. And I think going with comfort picks like Chaos Knights, even though they might not fit in the very typical off-the-chart five-man teams, I think they were solid enough to bring if you had reps on them, which was the case with many, many armies. Like Death Guard, I don't think would you would like instantly put into the five men without someone who can actually play the list very well and have preps on it as well yeah but yeah sure. with that all right so we will not be talk, uh, like going through every single matchup but i am very keen on listening to what the finals was like between the two teams who played who and uh, i believe you guys played each other am i mistaken in that we did. did we did so i'm very excited to hear about that particular game uh, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> no. Well, you've got no choice, Nathan, because I'm the host today and you are just the guest who played the tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll start with mine and Brian's game. Uh, oh, actually, no, let's start with pairings. Yeah. Uh, I guess from our perspective, Team Extinguish, I felt that we maybe edged the pairings. I'll go through the five pairings. So you had my CK into Brian's guard. Mm -hmm. 
which we kind of felt from our perspective is a draw eight to 12. It can kind of go someone's way a little mm -hmm. bit. Sure. Uh, I should say that the mission was six objectives taken hold. So just get up to 15 points turn and six hammer and anvil. Interesting. Whoa. Hammer and anvil. And basically the objectives are in the middle, the four in the middle of two of them are completely in the open effectively. And then two of them on the side had a small L on them. So they're quite easy to shoot people off um, and still get your points. Then our next pairing was Chris Radford's uh, Triple Accursed into our Josh's Necrons, 18 Wraiths, um, loads of Immortals, Canoptic List. We had that down as it should be a small win for Chris, but Josh felt he could get the draw out of that game. Mm -hmm. So he was aiming for around a 10-10. I was aiming for around a 10-10. Josh was aiming for around a 10-10. Depending on how the pairings went, uh, the other option was I frontline my army and hope I go first, and I think I get 13-14, potentially. Yep. Uh, but if you go second, it's like five. Because you start True. eating hunter killers to the face. Um, I mean, they never do anything. They, they are hunter kill missiles, not hunter kill hitiles. Come on. Well, I've never taken damage from hunter kill missile. Well, wait life. till we get to the game description. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, third round, we had uh, Tony Chu's uh, 10 Wraith Guard with double avatar into Hypercrypt Necrons. So, two Satans and a Monolith. We felt that was a small win for us, like a 12. Mm, interesting. Um, I think that one I would disagree on, just from the top of my head. Without like seeing the actual list, I think Eldari might struggle with the Necrons build. I guess the Hypercrypt is better than the Canopic Core for Eldar, but I don't know how how much better. Well, why did you feel that um, this matchup in particular was in favor of the Eldari? In this particular mission, it just felt like the Eldar could hold the table a little bit better. The Monolith, Monoliths don't like Wraithguard because they're one of the few things in the game that actually wound on threes. Um, double Avatar can be a pain in the ass for mm -hmm. Necrons to drop down because the destroyers are just regular destroyers. So his anti Satan, sorry, his anti. Um, Avatars, not really there. Uh, triple Night Spinner, still to try and dink down everything else around the game. So it was mm -hmm. kind of one of those. We felt that that might have been a, a small win for the Eldar player. David had lost to a couple of Eldar armies, I think. Granted, one of them, I think, was double Wraith Guard, so fair enough. Cool. Um, then we go on to the fourth round matchup which was say we had Innis versus Liam VSL which is the tank spam on a pretty open table versus Eldar MSU we kind of had that down as a draw with the idea that you can mm -hmm. kind of hold off the Eldar as long as nothing goes crazy you should be able to the Eldar might struggle for primary a little bit I think that's called foreshadowing <laughs> little bit um and then the final matchup we had manny's triple accursed into the plague bearers 
which we felt was like a 13 in this particular mission was about like a 13 7 win to Manny. So I think from our perspective, we were mm -hmm. generally in agreement on the um, on the, on the matrix, with the exception of, of Liam had that <coughs> for himself, and uh, uh, Yoko had that as about a draw um, for the the cursed build. Um, That's interesting. I think depending on the mission, like as a Death Guard player, the occultist palm is definitely beatable and can be held to a draw. But I think you are reaching a draw from like a the bottom score. So you're not coming like your base is not a twelve. Your base is like an eight, maybe a seven, and then you try to push from downstairs. Yeah. So me and Manny had played that game because obviously I was using Death Guard leading up to the event, uh, doing some practice with them. See how I felt with them, and it was kind of one of those. I think in that particular mission where you can just get 15s and maybe drop a couple of primary points from the opponent. As long as you respect the death guard, he, Manny felt he could sneak the points ahead. Sure. And just I think go, that makes sense to me. If I just lob 33 units of a cursed at you, death guard can deal with them. But if you're actually playing the, the primary, you could sneak ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. That um, makes sense to me. Yeah. So we kind of had it as like, a 12, a 13, and then hopefully three tens. So a small win. It's kind of where sure. we were. If we were going to get it and nothing went crazy, that's kind of where it went. Now, what did actually go wrong for the extinguish guys? To not extinguish the ignite. I believe the two swings would be the Ines game, right? Into Liam, which yes. ended up in a 14-6. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 14-6 to Liam in that game. Um, Ennis had to shoot off because he had jury duty the next day. So if he <laughs> if he missed his like flight or something back to uh, Scotland, oh, I think. Night bus. Don't worry. Oh, was it's it a bus? Was it okay? It's like an overnight bus back to Scotland, which for everybody who doesn't know, that is uh, probably like ten hours. Pleasant is what it is. Uh, yeah, great. It's a trek. So he basically shot off. Um, understandably and those two are the fastest 40k players in the west um oh i can believe that that game and must playing. have been fucking insane i think they finished in an hour <laughs> it, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't long like Innes came over and like i got six calls see you guys <laughs> um, all right so yeah that was it that was one of those that could have happened mm -hmm. i get we get that uh, mine and Brian's game ended up being 16-4 to Brian. Uh, in my Matrix, I probably shouldn't have this down as a 10-10. It probably should be a 12-8 to Brian, especially in Hammer and Anvil, because it takes even harder, it takes mm -hmm. even longer to get to the indirect. True. There was a couple of... There was a couple of moments where... I think it was basically his turn two where he dropped four and a half nights which kind of just set the tone a little bit where it was if he drops like one and damages three or say drops two, I'm in a very good position in this mission. But dropping four just meant that those two other knights that dropped lost me 10 points of primary and were also in very good positions to go and do other things as well as dropping me bring it down like i'm not saying he wouldn't 
you're mm-hmm. obviously going to get 20 to 20 points to bring it down it was just it's that it's that little bit of volatile attrition that's can happen to ck and unfortunately it just happened in this one so it ended up being 16-4 um it wasn't like crazy out of the realms of possibility there was a couple of things like a manticore went ah just take four saves on that night and brian just turned me turned to me and went just fell all four of those saves and that's like <laughs> done rotated as well and i was like oh fuck <laughs> one two oh, the three, worst three. feeling <laughs> you never rotate you never do it doesn't do anything ever but it was literally it's a brigand right in the middle of the table able to then do something really important next turn. so you know i rotate and it was like three three two one and i was like shit <laughs> That's yeah, like, my uh, my general impression from the round or from the game with Nathan was that it's I mean it's a swinging matchup. Yeah, you know, if he doesn't hit his saves, it goes poorly, and then you couple that with the fact that it's a hammer and animal deployment, and I went first, and you know that kind of kicked the score up um, mm-hmm. um, more. So um, I, I had it as pretty drawish as well because um, you know sometimes they make their saves, sometimes they roll one on the number of shots. You know, it's just like things yeah. you can't really control. Um, Yep, but shit happens. Shit happens in 40k all the time. I still remember my Magnus being fucking zero from 15 health <laughs> with minus one damage at WTC uh, from two basilisks shooting at him. So I know oh, what would was... happen happen against the guard, right? Actually, I have the experience. Uh, one thing that did happen to the event, and we obviously won't talk about the other games, uh, but one quite funny thing is I was playing Mike Porter and his World Eaters in the first round, and one brigand walked over and I was like, ah. Oh, there's no point putting two melters into um, a Horn uh, Berserker unit. I'll put two melters into Khan, uh, into Angron. So I was like, oh, okay, two oh, hits, no. two wounds, fails both saves, CP rerolls, it doesn't pass it. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's minimum eight. And then I need to roll eight on these 2d6. And I rolled a double six. And I was like, take 20 damage. <laughs> And I was like, oh my it. fucking god, that's rough. That's also, that's like, I think, a good matchup for world leaders, especially. Uh, I think it's most circuses. Interesting. Like, I've I've played Manny, who is a very good world leaders player, and I think it's been 10, 10, 11, 9, and 11, 90. Nice. You just you have to just really, really temper your trades. Mm-hmm. That's but, true. And then again, it's the volatile aspect of. If it's a three man eight bound unit or three man exalted eight bound unit, does it kill that knight or does it not kill that knight? If you're then going to trade two units into a knight, then I pick up two eight bound units for one of my 12 knights. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. So it it becomes the trading game. Uh, But uh, then going into the other pairings, we had Josh Roberts into Chris Radford's CSM, the Triple Accursed. Uh, I don't quite know what went on in that game, but actually Josh came in with a 15-5. Which is quite a, impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good score into that build. Yeah, well, I think I... it's a little bit of uh, the Immortals. Josh has got the 30 Immortals all with the explosion exploding. Mm-hmm. It's They do start popping off. You can lob like multiple Wraith units in, and they do maybe take some of the primary off. Uh, I'd have to look at the scorecard and how it went that way. Uh, I know a little bit of it was Chris Radford timed out. So we kind of had a 
team meeting some of our teams said well if it's a clock out it's a clock out because that's the discussion they'd had with their opponent uh but i think like me and brian was to decide being like don't clock him out like we need 31 points for two games it didn't look like that was happening just play the game as is mm-hmm. like sure yeah it's a game of toys at the end of the world yep. at the end of the day so i mean it it's a it's always uh like situation dependent and i think it's very good to have that communication line with like between teams and captains to actually <laughs> decide what should what to do because Clocks are clocks. They are there for a reason as well. So using it sometimes is absolutely required to finish, for example, a game of time. So, but yeah, because like Josh, Josh only had eleven minutes left on his clock. So yeah, exactly. it wasn't like it was. It wasn't like it was. Chris had timed out and Josh still had forty-five minutes. But um, then, so that ended at fifteen-five to Josh. So that was quite good. Um, we had Tony play. David Gaylard's Necrons, that ended up being 10-10. Uh, David was very sporting in that game. I think Tony was just exhausted and was a bit flustered and making some silly decisions. As not silly decisions, as in was uh, like a little bit out of practice with the way he was maybe uh, operating in the game, but not like being as uh, clinical as maybe as he should be, but David was very uh, nice about it and actually still played the game the correct way. Uh, so that ended up being 10 10, um, which is fair enough. I think had Tony played the matchup maybe a little bit more, he might have been able to know where to push a little bit, maybe because I think there was one point where he maybe could have gone and got 11 or 12. Um, but again, to come out of that game against Necrons 10 10, still good. It's a decent result. And then the final game, Manny versus Joachim. Uh, Joachim, sorry. Um, <laughs> Joachim just became French for a while. For a quick second. Uh, apologies. Um, that ended up being 10-10. Uh, it was slightly due to Manny came to the rest of us and went, look, if I sit here and do nothing, I'm getting 13 key kind of worked out the score it's like 12 or 13 but it was looking like it was going to be a small loss to our team so manny pushed the the small chance that it went really his way didn't go his way which is a nice change for manny and it ended up being 10 10 so still got his draw so we ended up with two tens a 15 a six and a four, meaning we got 45 and Team Ignite got 55. So it was still pretty close in the end. close one. Yep. Yeah. But thankfully, it was like everyone's a hardened veteran. Everybody knows what they're doing. There was no animosity, all good sportsmanship. Everything seemed to have gone fine. There was no issues or anything. So that was always the nice thing. Don't think there was a single real argument. The clocking out was maybe a discussion. But that was about it. It always happens. Yeah. Yep. Great to hear. I actually uh, regret not going to the ITT just to judge and to to have you guys around and to actually see the games that would have been awesome to see live. That that finals team events are always hype because you get some of the best pairings like going at the same time. Whereas in singles events, you might have like one or two uh, very exciting matchups going at the same time. Whereas here, you got um... at least five. I think Team English might need some Slavic help if they want to beat Ignite next time. 
Yeah, yeah we are known for being quite good into uh, most countries and teams. So, so yeah, uh, what are you in time to do next year? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just bring us up. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. Congratulations to both of you, especially, I mean, Brian and Team Ignite for actually for proving themselves again to be the, the team to beat and undefeated so far. I'll say, and um, yeah. uh, the, the, hence my name, uh, the trophy is misspelled Coventry. <laughs> that's, that's so good. I mean, if it wasn't was going to be any UKTC tournament, I think having a Coventry trophy again is actually the funniest one. Oh, dude, that's the that's the tip of the iceberg of how bad this event was. But uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, Interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna have all the spice later, perhaps. All right. With that, with that uh, great event, we leave the last data slate meta behind us and we come to the new one. The new and improved, the meta without Eldari, wink wink, maybe, uh, but dominated by Necrons, possibly. And so let us share the screen with our new tier list of hot takes because i'm very interesting um in having like a conversation with you guys but what you think the best um the best armies are uh <laughs> i'm sorry i just read nasa's uh, comment which basically says without eldari i mean come on nobody plays Eldari anymore True. that's that's not real yep so um just as a beginning food for thought for you how do you think the team meta is going to evolve overall is it going to be better for uh, in your opinion is it going to be worse is it going to be just different is it a side grade or an upgrade or maybe an i i think it is different but better mm. i think there will be over maybe the last tier list we did I would hope to see, and I think there will be um, a little bit more in the A and B categories, which are the armies that you would probably potentially see in a top eight. Uh, I think there'll be possibly a couple less S tiers. Um, I think, like, without spoiling it, I think there's only maybe one or two S tiers right now. Then I think a lot of the Ds and Fs hopefully from last time have moved up into more of a C area. They're still going to be the top and still going to be the bottoms. It's unavoidable. Um, but yeah, I think teams now, there's a bit more of a variety in what you can actually take in your A now, which I guess we should probably stipulate what these categories are before we start falling out and having a big fight about everything. I absolutely agree. Let us name them then. Um let's go with s tier and call them always take yeah no like an auto matter take. what yeah a tier let's go with solid pick no questions let's call the b fringe choices cool enough yeah suboptimal yeah both might work. Yeah, maybe like niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. D would be, I think, 
we actually won't need do you think we we are going to need six tiers it's going to be difficult to actually put something so down i think here we like legitimately i might be good enough with going no other choice well, basically it does work and player doesn't that's... player has no other army <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> yeah cool works for me um and to start us off with we've got a one that is very interesting to me i'm uh, i wish typhus was here to talk about more about the sister changes because it is because it is adeptus rarities they did get hit a little bit we're mainly i think with the um, catherine saint catherine nerf which doesn't allow you to put fucking 12 ones and turn them into automatic fucking lethals still solid though and even though they get hit got hit a little bit in the like um what am i called the the guys with the flies are called the flagellants thank you <laughs> uh they got a little bit of a nerve uh drop a little bit of a points nerve but overall very solid still what do you guys think yeah, yeah for I... me oh sorry go Brian. No, mm -hmm, Brian. Brian, i was just gonna say um i I think they're still an excellent army. I think that they just put so many units on the board that have the ability to score and run around that they're one of the best MSU armies in the games game in terms of scoring and just keeping blunting maybe stronger armies or armies that are trying to push. Um, I I think they're they're one of the better choices for teams for that exact reason. I will be for now i think putting them in this a tier of ours i think is very fitting i think they're an absolutely excellent choice and yeah. like any disagreement nathan on that no i think they're they're definitely there if not the top of there mm -hmm. yeah agreed custodies custodies <laughs> is a difficult one as in i think they are absolutely amazing right now i think we've come first they are very they are an army that has a very specific task in metas and metas with good custodies usually cause me a little bit of a pain because that army is swingy as all hell and most of the time that swing comes from custodies players just refusing to die because four up saves were made to be taken and um saved which causes uh, a lot of fucking grievance in after the games where you estimated a green and then you come out with three points because just they refuse to die. And I personally hate that. Um, I think currently, legitimately, for me, I would put them over here. Just with the... I think they are an absolutely ridiculous pick with the meta that has... So we started 10th with the baseline of melee doesn't work, it's doomed. And Castori is absolutely crushing melee armies top right center. And then they got bad. Melee came back. And I think we are a little bit back to the same space as we were, where melee armies will struggle just because they need to and they might encounter custodies in the pairings. And protecting melee armies from custodies might prove to be a difficult thing. What do you guys think? So for me. I would, <clears throat> I think last time we had them in mostly don't work. Uh, mm -hmm. 
because they were just taking a massive points dump on them and they were awful. I would definitely put them in solid pick, no questions. Uh, mm -hmm. But I can definitely see the shout for them now as a very good anti-assault list, as well as they, with certain players, can be a good enough put forward in some games where you go heavy tables, try and dig me out. I'm so good at scoring. They showed at the WTC that they were actually one of the more, well, not the highest scoring list, definitely showed that they almost always came away with good points. What do you, what, Brian, what do you reckon? Uh, I mean, I'm with you guys in terms of, I don't think they go any lower than solid pick. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Are, do you th always take them? Because I think I do, but... It's interesting. I don't think I, I, I feel like they, I feel like they were better than people gave them credit for before the change, the data slate change. Mm -hmm. They were largely abandoned, um, probably prematurely. Um, and they've just gotten better. Um, and to your point, given the kind of makeup that we're going to probably expect to see here in the eighth, um, yeah, I think I think so. I, I mean, I think they're either at the very top of solid pick or or in the always take. So I'm, I'm comfortable yep. with that. Sure. I will then move them over here if you guys are more comfortable with. I think they are absolutely a solid choice as well. Maybe if you don't consider them to be out of take, we can just leave them over here. Next up, Admic. I'm going to do that. And do we have any more like comments about that army right now? For do me, yes. <coughs> I'd say they're suboptimal, but might work. Mm. There, are, there are some lists that are inherently very good at scoring. It just okay. kind of has a damage output issue. It really um, does. Counter-argument. So hmm. With that many armies currently being viable, would you ever pick that one that scores well but doesn't kill over any of the other builds that you can possibly do here that have the same role of just score pretty well, don't do as much damage and don't push scores? Yeah, you're right. It mostly doesn't work. <laughs> sure. Yeah, fair. That would that would be my my like my counter argument always would be. Sure, they might work, but why them instead of any other option? But say the WTC was next week, I think we would see of thirty-two teams, four or five people took Admech. I would even say less, but I've been wrong before in like estimating yeah. how many how popular factions are. All right. Let's leave them there, where GW decided to leave them there, actually, with the Dota Slate. So we won't argue with their choices. And now to the spicy one. I'm just here. And I want to see your like arguments of what is the Eldar role in the team right now. I don't want to like listen to how, if they are still good, because I know... For a fact, the MSU build that Liam played, for example, is basically the same and still awesome. But in eight months specifically, what is the role of Eldari right now? So for me, they as in, you don't want me to say where I think they go on this list for now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they still have fantastic scoring. The MSU build is still probably going to get 40 points on cards. Mm -hmm. 
if you can build in a little bit more primary control, that's great. Things like warp spiders, uh, hawks, harlequins, falcons, star weavers. There's so many units in that book, you can't nerf it all. They all still, for their points, pump out so much damage. You've got so many options. Like the list Liam took hasn't changed at all. He still scored 97 points, I think, at that mm -hmm. last event with everybody I'm else be, around I'm going to always preface that, that Liam's scores should not ever be used as a fucking... <laughs> It's like you don't establish the strength of an army from possibly the best player in the, on the planet. <laughs> so, but you, I, you have I think, um, you do have to account for absolutely. what their top threshold is. Yeah, I think their threshold is absolutely magnificent. Still, I won't like, argue with that. I, I I think that that while some builds of Eldar obviously have been eliminated and that's eliminated, that's opened up some some holes in their game a lot of what made them incredibly powerful against a lot of the field what they still have um they have the ability to be deterministic when it's critically important they have the ability to be really fast and elusive they do a ton of damage with a lot of a lot of small units um they're hard to catch I mean, they're still doing the things that eldar do i think that a lot of their matchups um are still excellent um mm -hmm. and that hasn't, that hasn't really changed um so I think they're still a pushing army. Um, I think there's, there's, there maybe they're just not pushing into literally, literally everything, um, but I think they're still, I think they're still a pushing army. That's quite strong. Because I, my take is, I think Elder are still very good. I struggle to find them a very specific role, as in like look at the meta overall, like prepare your first estimation pairing, and then say you need elder to counter that and that and that army for example i don't think that's they do that anymore and most of all for me they are way easier to play against now without the incarn being such a pain in the ass defensively with his jump and with the phantasm being so ra like a d6 random move instead of always seven i think that is still a huge absolutely huge change that will make playing against this army easier. What do you get in Grace Thing? I actually don't. I mean, I, I, it's objectively easier to play against. Like that's mm -hmm. that's obviously true, right? But I actually don't think that it's the drop off is as significant as as it seems. Um, the one of the calculuses you always made when playing Eldar is you know do I want to fire and fade here or would I rather just spend a CP the mm -hmm. Phantasm? And all you're doing is is inverting that, right? You know, you're saying okay, now I'm going to be firing and fading instead. Um, you can still get a lot of value with the infantry MSU out of Phantasm because your bases are less than an inch, 25 mil, so you can jump to the other side of a wall deterministically. That hasn't changed. Um, I I think that while it's a, it's a little easier to play against Eldar, I think that a lot of people, at the state of where the meta was, considering how powerful they had been for how long they had been powerful, people had figured out how to play against Eldar. They became used mm -hmm. to it. So, so I don't necessarily think that you know the loss of those tools dramatically changes their ability to play into the field. Um, I think that uh, it simply changes how they have to how they approach um, those games. But I think they're still do able to do all the things that made them a nightmare for people to play into. They just have to do them in slightly different ways, in slightly more maybe conservative ways than they did before. Nice. I like those those takes. So where do you guys put them? So I'm very uh, curious. 
I actually think they still go in always take no matter what. Mm. I agree. If you have a really good elder mm. player, everybody else I'm gonna is tell you what. Works. I'm going to tell you what. For our team compositions that we've been cooking up for like five man events, they have not made a cut for a bit. And I'm but serious th- with that. But I think they make eight always. Sure. I disagree. But I am absolutely outvoted here and I'm fine with that. With the less indirect in the game now, and you haven't got a curse. I see your arguments and yeah. I I think they are absolutely solid. But it's it's I think for me it's the matter of perspe- like all the choices that you actually have, and they are so there are so many that you require an absolute specialist to take that army instead of it being always the pick. I think an average elder player is Far from optimal choice in the eight man. That's my deck. But I'm just, I'm I'm outvoted and I'm leaving them there. I think that's absolutely fine. Let's move on to guard. And my argument would be that army is the strongest army in teams. Like straight up. That's that's my opinion. They have counters. They are not going into every single matchup. But I think they are a nightmare to deal with and a nightmare that you must be always prepared to face and your team comp must be absolutely tacked into guard because if you didn't, don't do that, if you find yourself without answers to guard, you will get absolutely demolished. Yeah, I actually fully agree. Like, say, for example, Brian, how much did your list go up? Like it went up, it went up ninety points. Ninety points um, exactly. Because I can largely just drop one cat, one of my three Kazarkin squads, and have the exact same list. Play yeah. slightly more conservatively and better with my Kazarkin regens, and nothing about the list changes. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think it even got better because of the orders now working from uh, reserves or transports. Oh, sure. so you can actually really tanky things you can do. Exactly. So it even increases the um, skill ceiling, I believe, of the army. You can do some absolutely nasty stuff with that. I think the army is uh, is is extremely good. I also playing it over the weekend. Um, I just I I feel like the army is the floor is not that hard to play guard, but mm-hmm. if you are good with guard, then it's extremely hard to play into them because if you're there, there are one or two times where I made a small mistake that had a cascading effect, which if I had more reps with the army and was slightly better with the army, wouldn't have happened. And if those cascading effects don't happen, then I'm getting even bigger wins than I got. And the lowest score I got all weekend was a 15. Um, so it's like the army is bananas. It's extremely good in teams. I completely agree with you. Yeah, like yeah. you were the second highest scorer at the event. And it's it just goes to show like when you get somebody with a really good player skill, like Brian separates the Brians from the Nazis. And it's just one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, Oof. it goes a long way. Okay, I'm going to do something interesting over here, and I want to talk about this army right here, because I believe Guard is straight up better in teams than Necrons. And I know that's very, like... I think Necrons are the best army in the game in singles play. I think Guard beats them in teams as a choice. I think you always take them. I think we, we won't have any disagreement here. I think not picking the best army in the game that has so many good matchups is basically impossible. 
they are the Eldari CSM package, kind of, of absolutely insane rules, points, and everything. Yeah, I, I, I agree very much with that. I think I think you're you're always taking them, but I think they're easier to pin and easier <clears> to trap than than and than guard is. Um, and and even I think with in the case of guard, when you're trapping them, it tends to be kind of a more of a flippy matchup mm-hmm. rather than just a loss. Or Necrons have some matchups which are just bad. Um, yep. So yeah, hundred percent agree there. David Gillard asks us, "What is the ne- the Necron build though?" I don't think the Necron build exists. I think, legitimately, both the Court and the Crypt and even the Awakened Dynasty, all of them can be played. And I think they have very different matrices, which is interesting. And it's an incredibly powerful tool with that super powerful army to have the choice between the two builds because they have just so widely differing matchups across the board. Which for me is why I think they're number one. Because I don't mm. think you can build a team for three different Necron armies. We'll see about that, Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, do you agree with me or Nathan? You have the final. Um, I think I, I'm more inclined to agree with you. Although the, you know, Nathan did bring up a good point there, but I think I'm still want to keep the order as it is. Traitor. <laughs> Stays as it is. All right, Black Templars, possibly the best Space Marines. I think don't no disagreements here. Where are we are talking about the Sword Brethren build or just the fact that everyone takes Black Templars because you're free multi melters on here? That's a good question, actually. I think both of these are extremely strong. I mean, you go Gladius, you go the Sword Brethren, you go Hellbricks, and you still are fucking smashing face. And I think right now it might be better than the old, uh, like the current iteration of the cho- uh, the Lords and Chosen because they've lost like. Rolls to head and stuff, whereas um, they didn't lose anything. And then you have the Iron Storm with billion fucking belly to reapers, multi melters, and guys shooting multi melters from Crusader squads, which are still underpriced. I think both of these are amazing. I think yeah, both, like either of those lists, I think are in solid pick for me. I agree. Yeah, I can see that. That car park list goes up like sixty points. I think you lose one scout squad. Oh so no! So it's like anyway. <laughs> So that's still like a really solid list. I think they are the best Space Marines. I think if you build Space Marines for teams, or maybe in general, honestly, honestly, you are building into Black Templars because their package is widely the best. Why? And it is why Blood Angels, I think, are going over here. They are good, but I think they are not beating the the builds that the Templars present. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think I agree. They have some interesting tools, but nothing interesting enough. I mean, they've got the Vault Predators. They, it's all great. It's not bad, but just the overall package, I think. Templars beat them out. Chaos Demons as a solo army. Not the allies. That's a difficult one. I am very unimpressed with this army. I think they got a lot of points. Um, but I think the things that they suffered from before, they're still suffering from. The big monsters are just hard to use because they're enormous. Um, the little guys don't do much much damage. They don't really achieve much. Um, I think this army is suboptimal, but might work. I think there's other armies that are doing what this army can do much better. Necrons amongst them. I agree, especially 
that they are just incredible IS for so many armies still. And it's very hard to justify bringing soul demons with all of the problems and baggage instead of buffing one of your other choices. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, they're suboptimal, but might work. Because I think that triple crusher list has some play. Mm -hmm. But like you say, it's it's hard not to go Death Guard wants some Nurglings, CK wants some Nurglings alone up. Yeah, there's kind of like it's hard in teams. That's what's dragging them down. They were in our bottom category last time because they were just so much better as mercenaries than they were as actual standalone army. Like Brian said, trying to move a monster around on actual WTC tables is borderline impossible. Uh, but Very true. some people might take them. They got a decent enough points mm -hmm. decrease that they're actually okay. And with being able to, now that they fully clarified that you can double stack the. Um, or you uh, can like triple chariot. stack it, which is yeah. fucking hilarious. I don't know why yeah. they, why that exists, but holy shit, I have seen it come to fruition once uh, with, with on our testing, and it's just the most hilarious shit. Demons hitting yeah. damage for another secret weapon uh, buff on on guard as well is double field fire. Yep, which is <laughs> bananas. It's expensive, but it is bananas if you need the AP. Yeah, well, that, that's technically always been how it's played. It's just the WTC did their own ruling that you couldn't. Uh, it's just now it's like, oh, actually, guys, this is actually how it's technically meant to be. So people are abusing it left, right, and center. Like those, uh, the four-jawed Necron things, the Aaron Chinese or whatever they're fucking called. Uh, um, right? Or something. Yeah, that's the ones. Double stacking them with Immortals is just brutal as well. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. Let's move us on to the CSM, the big loser. Are we in agreement? I think that army lost the most from all. Like, it by far outweighs what Eldar got. They did, in my yeah. opinion. Agreed. They got hit the hardest. <clears throat> Why? Because so far, not picking CSM, I think, was a mistake. Not bringing them into the team, even the five-man team. What do we feel about them now? For me, they kind of go in a bottom of solid pick, no questions. Mm. With a slight, maybe fringe choice, like their bottom top of those. There is still a Lords with Chosen and Vehicles, Warp Talons, Forge Fiends. While everything is now really expensive, they still do quite a lot of damage. The Cursed <clears throat> Build is dead. Uh, Which is the big one, I think. It's the Especially big one, full yeah. teams. That list was kind of a skew build of, of a sense. Like it wasn't a pure skew like into a horde. But I think its skewiness helped them a lot in teams to find uh, favorable players. Yeah. And now that is basically gone. Like where would you two put them? Fringe? I I put them here just because I think this is better this. Like Black Templars for me. Are just the better CSM right now. I think I think Black Templars are just on a different level than CSM. So in that sense, I agree. I think there's like if you took a CSM build, I mean it's exactly like it says. I mean I could see it working. Um, maybe um, there's some design like there's some builds certainly that are going to get bam get some ground there. But uh, I, think... I I would think like mm -hmm. it's only for Blood Angels instead of CSM like because they felt like it was better than CSM. I wouldn't have an argument with them. 
So I would I think that putting them in the same category makes sense. Yeah. I yeah, think I would I you would actually need a very good reason to put that army into the team comp right now. I think there's definitely space for it to evolve still. The rule like the pacts are still one of the most broken and bonkers rules that the army has gotten in 10th edition. And it that says I do believe there will be some new um, experimentation in this army, but so far we haven't seen it because everybody jumped off the ship into like other ships because they've gotten yeah. buffed and stuff, and they they've gotten nerfed, which is very natural for yeah. the meta to to do that. But so far with the how the the thing is shaping up, I would need a very good reason to put this army into an eight man. I think it might work, but it would not be in any of like ten or twelve, maybe even picks. I think there's still potentially some team builds with maybe if you go back to like the Abaddon with max cultists, everything's still on a 4% run, mm -hmm. that is still kind of there, but it's harder to keep Abaddon alive now at 18 inch lone arc rather than 12. So it would need a bit of playtesting. The Terminator build might come back into it a little bit, but it's, yeah, you'd have to rework the list into like mm -hmm. one of your maybe eighth choice lists type deal so French choice yeah. all right dark angels i don't believe that army exists anymore i don't even know what the current status is because fucking dahil slate had the old points that the codex came out and they've got the points for 10 deafening nights i think you're never even considering bringing that exact chapter now we're waiting on the new book yeah exactly um David asks for world eaters, and that is an interesting one because they've got hit like a ton of bricks. Like, how See, hard? I still think they're in it. I still, Ooh. I'd still put them in solid pick. No questions. Hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, I think they. I think that wow. all that's. I've had this argument a lot um, with people. I think that all that's happened is they've gone less deterministic in being able to execute a um, a plan. Whether when their go turn, I equated to orcs a lot. Where when orcs go, they have their wog turn, they have to commit everything, um, and they might roll one on an advance, right? And then, like, mm -hmm. okay, well, that's why I wanted to hit. That's everyone's objective. I don't get to do that anymore. So your score goes up slightly as the opponent, but I'm still doing something. I'm still pressuring you. I'm still doing what I world eaters do. And I think that that's essentially what happens with world eaters if they miss their advance and charge in a key turn is, okay, well, I won't hit the unit that's in Guam, but I'm still going to be able to pressure you and, and, and push you especially because plus two move is basically free. Um, and if you're staging in the middle, you know, my orcs come out three, move six, advance three, we're looking at 12 inches. Uh, the possessed move nine, go up to 11. They're going 11 inches. I mean, that's very similar to an average advance roll from orc unit. And I'm able to hit whatever I need to in those games. Um, so I think I think they're still very much um, a solid pick, doing continuing to do what they were doing. And I think they were pretty decidedly a solid pick before. That is very interesting. Nathan, what's your take on them? So for me, they still score very, very well. The only thing for me is this is kind of like the hot take aspect of where are they right now, where if, especially for teams, every team starts taking custodes, then this is what might drop World Eaters back down a category. So if you then say, look at the armies above it, doesn't want to play guard, struggles with necrons might struggle with msu eldar doesn't like custodes probably doesn't like sisters doesn't like mech black templars that so would be my biggest fucking problem 
with that army. I think its table is straight up ass. But I don't feel like I it's think it's solid on badly. paper. Yeah. yeah, I think it's solid on paper. <laughs> but holy shit, it will its table is gonna look like an autumn fucking great leaves falling over the trees. It's gonna be all like if you get one green into your matrix, eight like eight eight v eight matrix, I think you are golden. And that's the most that you can expect. I legitimately don't see a good matchup for them. Where would you put them? French? I would I would put them fucking here. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not okay. kidding. I'm not like like legit not trolling you. <laughs> and I think this is why it's so interesting to see your thoughts and mine compared. I think they haven't made the team for a while now. They are quite once, once everybody starts like they have gotten so incredibly popular in Poland at one point. Like I was playing them back then in team events as well. Like they were very solid. Like they were one of the best things you can put into the warrior spam necrons, right? That just fucking rinse them. No game whatsoever. So they, we, back then they were a very useful tool. They've gotten incredibly popular all of a sudden in Poland. And once everybody realized how to play against that army and some tech choices that you might do, I think the, the army literally fell on its face. Now they've gotten nerfed and the meta is very hostile towards them. That's my take. I don't I actually think do a revaluation yeah. of the matchups there, which is interesting. I think, mm-hmm. I think, kind of like I, I'm more in agreement with kind of what Dave just said here. With, with that, uh, it's it's a bit flippy into guard. I think there's there's Necron build, and they're good into certain Necron builds. The MSU yeah. Eldar builds is just a game. Um, I don't think that they just uh, they smash it by any stretch. Uh, Custodies, yeah, they're a problem. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, sisters, it's, sisters aren't really killing them, right? I mean, they're just, it's a, it's a three, like sisters always do. Oh um, my God. Oh my God. They're he- killing them so bad. It's not even funny. Yeah. I wish Lifeless was here. <laughs> Holy. Really, yeah. Sisters are really good into world Eaters. They just, like, that, that one I might be wrong yeah. on. I'll, I'll concede that one. I haven't actually yeah. played that one, but I mean, I think, I think the Black Temple, I wanted the combat matchup and combat matchups are very skill intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that one's a bad, they, that Black Temple, I have an edge there. They both have fight on that. They have minus one damage. You know, there's there's some tools, right? So, I think. But that, you didn't you didn't put any of those sixes win though. That's no, but I don't put them as I don't put them as I think the worst ones they have is a loss. So I guess that's fair. So they shouldn't be in solid. Yeah, top of fringe. Enough. But I don't think I can agree with that. Yes, I yeah. think I will struggle to put them into a team, as I've said, but I respect your opinions as well. But a lot of teams will still take them. Definitely, on one hundred percent. Um, Death Watch doesn't exist, so we can do that. Yeah. Uh, Death Guard. Always take no matter what. I think they're actually really, really, really solid now in the meta. I think everyone else went down enough that uh-huh. they have. If you're looking at say the six that we're looking at now, uh, Guard is not fantastic, I guess. But it's not bad. But it's not awful. Uh, they're okay into Necrons, depending mm-hmm. on the Necron build. Dep- very dependent, I think, on the ne- Necron build. They're good into MSU Eldar. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I found the, the game... That, okay, granted, I've only played one game into Custodes. It went pretty well. I felt pretty comfortable. But that was the max grenades, so maybe that's not... Grenades don't do much, actually, against them with the 4-up Film Pain. 
They've never done. No. It. Like you're 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 basically missing a couple of more zones right now with the grenade nerf. Yeah. I don't think but it's it was significant. It was things like the flamers do actually drag them down. Or oh, they it's really the do. fight first and everything else. I've always felt that's pretty good into that. Okay, and sisters, the Templar horde. So the Templar combat army trades pretty well into that. The Templar vehicle spam. It's a game. Mm-hmm. So for me, they go in my own. <coughs> but I, I as think. a Death Guard player, I 100% agree. I think they've gotten left just a tiny sliver, little bit, not enough to put them out. And I really like their tables across the board. So I, I think that the build with brigands and knights in general is is always take with if you get both those allies, I think they're always take. I think uh, that okay, when yeah. you lose chaos knights, it'll push them down a tier. And so I think I, where they go depends on what counterpoint. I think they don't need knights at all. I like them better without them, actually. Right now with the brigands, you are unable to take three brigands into your allies because of the new points. You can't fit three brigands into the build anymore because it's more than 500 points. That's that's not how Chaos Knights work. Oh, they really don't. It's one big or three war dogs. That's it. It's not. Oh, five. that's it. Cool. So you can yeah. still do that. Okay, I didn't know that. Didn't realize. The Fair. current build just loses basically one plague burst crawler in a few minutes. Otherwise, the exact same list. Yeah, it's one. It's uh, Liam's list. When I counted it, I think it lost exactly one hundred fifty points. So you're one unit down, basically. But that's yeah. Or problem. actually, I've been playing around with. I've got games this weekend where I'm actually going down to twenty plague marines, which might be not enough, but actually dropping the rhino. And putting a land raider in. Holy! I actually think a land raider is not a bad shout because it I actually mean, adds some things. We've jumped the shark, boys. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's happening. Everybody takes land raiders again. <laughs> Yay! I mean, a little bit of spoilers. I don't think that's relevant anymore, so I can share. We've been running two land raider crystallis for like three months right now. It's fucking crazy. Mm. <laughs> it, was, like it was one of the junkies, but well. insane this. Yeah. Right. I think we are fine with Death Guard where it is. Yeah. Um, now the the I think I actually think the most controversial one and the most important one. Do Drukari fit into the eight man? Because they've gotten a lot fucking better, and that is there's no question about it. So they for make me, ever. They're fringe solid pick, no questions. Like very, very bottom of solid pick. My problem, I've played a couple of games with Drukari now. Damage output is great, super, super fragile. So your primary score gets tanked in quite a lot of games. They've got some phenomenal strats for an incubi hit, bonkers hard. But yeah, it's kind of the, do you have a lot left by the end of the game? Fly is actually not that great. Transports are kind of difficult to use on some of the train pieces. So for me, they're a friend, say, towards the top of fringe choices. A bit like the MSU Eldar, if you have a really good Jakari player and knows what he's doing, they could make a team. If not, they're probably not going to do very well for you. I, but they uh, got so much better. I put them at the bottom of fringe, maybe even suboptimal. Um, mm. I think that they just don't... I think they're they're an excellent army and an excellent attachment for a meta that doesn't exist. Um, and, and I've heard that, that a lot, and I tend sure. to agree. 
you know, they they answer a lot of things, but like if cast face marines were still around <laughs> at the level they were, they'd be excellent, right? But they just they're not. Um, they're I mean, play the one game against a Catan and then come back to me and tell me that they should be in a team. <laughs> right? It's just like, yeah, I think there's absolutely yeah. no questions that the Necron matchup is straight up unplayable. True. Like, True. you never do that. But you're not going to a singles event expecting fucking to play. No, but I don't think there's very many matchups here that are good for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what what are it's kind of like what we're doing with world leaders there. Like, what what are they getting good wins against in this? That's the problem, list, right? I think I generally agree. I th that army is made out of glass, or even worse, like it's it's paper. It's incredible how fast they die. You if you actually don't have that one squad with the arc of incubi with the arcan who um you cannot overwatch if that one flank has some overwatch pieces and you don't have that exact squad over there holy shit nothing is going to save you from overwatch like the, the, mean, you play it's, against it's any not army even funny fight on death and yeah that's the same right over that's right. fucking flagellants will rinse through that yeah. anything that basically can punch them and trade with them on their turn, which happens a lot right now, it's kind of doomed. As well as yeah, right. I think it's like so cool that they took a they, they introduced just a detachment and they turned the army from what it was, which was awful, into what it is. This attachment, I just don't think it works right now. Mm -hmm. Sure. I but they're not on the they're not on the bottom anymore, so that's that's an improvement. Definitely for not. For sure. I'm gonna tell you one thing. I like them, I still like them better than the eaters, by the way. Like oh, they're they're probably pretty good into world eaters, actually. They they uh, sure are. Ironically, yeah. <laughs> all right, we have GSC, the army that hasn't changed at all. But oh my god, did a lot of change around them, and they've gotten some pretty interesting buffs in terms of um, rules clarifications. Things like being able to now, if you don't go first deep strike within three inches and stuff in WC as well. I think there's a lot here, but legitimately i'm gonna be honest i have no fucking data on them right now neither do i so for me they're like a fringe I so think... we don't know brian do you know i, I mean is mycin playing them if mycin is playing them then i think i'm willing to put them in solid pick otherwise i think i'm i'm putting them i mean fringe feels aggressive to me i think suboptimal might think top of suboptimal might work i think that they're an army which unless it's in an excellent pilot's hands, um, is going to struggle. But I'm going to put them uh, top of suboptimal then. I think they are definitely better than Chaos Demons. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. We have Grey Knights. I mean, I and this really time I'm going to I'm gonna start with Grey Knights, actually. Because I've seen so many fucking people disrespect this army. It's crazy to me. I think nobody good plays them back in your fucking England land and US of A. I think that army <laughs> is incredibly strong. It has very specific roles in the team. It struggles against some things, sure as hell, but holy fuck is it useful in pairings to have in hand. And I've seen them perform before the data slate using Nemesis Dread Knights that just got buffed. I've seen people like Leshu put results in with Nemesis Dread Knights before that buff. Mm. 
I for me they go into solid pick no question. I I literally the the day the balance update came out, I bought the rest of my granite army. I think they're fantastic. I think they are just incredible. Like legitimately, I think they are at they are here for me easily. Yeah, yeah. Like where exactly is a very difficult task to 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 say, but overall I love them. What do you Brian, what do you think? Because you, you seem unconvinced. Um every time I've played against Grey Knights, it feels like they play a whole lot of Warhammer and then score no primary. Um, and so it's hard for me to see an army like that being one I want to take, but I'm willing to defer to your guys' judgment on this if you feel like it's really good for answering particular matchups. Um, then, yeah, fair enough. Um, like, what, what, which matchups, I guess, maybe in particular, maybe that's a good thing to do. I think to the... What are, we, what are we doing the, with them? If you go more down a Triple Dread Knight build, they do actually have the answers sometimes now to deal with things like a chaos knight satin objective you can actually like take things back off them now i think i think i think they are extremely good into aldari yeah like, i think that's one of their but if not the best matchups overall i think their two up saves goes very well into sisters actually yeah sisters right now without the huge combo of just incredibly incredible amount of multi-melter shots from the Catherine struggle with two up save with like AOC especially and stuff. I think that's very playable. And overall, any melee army can get absolutely fucked by the way of how Jack Harpster's build at WTC worked. You it think, still works. You think melee armies try like like world leaders and orcs struggle on the grenades? Yes, orcs especially. I think that is wild to me. That's one of my best matchups. <laughs> I think so. That's really interesting. Okay. I think we this is why answer. this is why I wanted to have you both guys on because it's <laughs> going to be fucking wild. I, I actually think that that's one of their worst matchups is, is melee because of the ability to to pressure them on objectives and kill them and screen the board. So um, yeah, the MSU aspect of orcs does make it quite difficult to actually do a lot of your Grey Knight tricks. But actually, I played with the Death Guard list into Grey Knights and I actually really struggled. Uh, that's I think the I thing. lost. I lost like twelve eight. Because we do have one really, really good Grey Knight player. Uh, and I did actually get a chance to play him. And actually, after I played him, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a lot of tech in Grey Knights. Just uh, generally, I feel like any of the uppy, as the uppy downy, as they say, lists um, hmm. aren't particularly good against against pressure lists. Because when they go up to do, when they try and use a rule, they just concede board position. Um, and then the news Yeah, by, by three inches, basically. I mean, you deep strike three inches and then die to my combat threat the next turn, or like... No, I just fuck off into deep strike when you move near me. I don't have to move, though, right? Like, I guess it's the... I, I don't know. Maybe that I is true. I've you can just stay hard to play against, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, for me, the games play out in a very, very... Um, um, a very structured way, right? Where it's where it's I, I, I assume the mid-board position, I cover the puck with my trucks or whatever, they can't kill my trucks except for with their their librarian. That might not be true anymore. So maybe this is a different point with the Nemesis mm -hmm. Knights. Um, and then eventually they have to try and land and actually play the game for primary, where they just score little to no primary. And when they do that, I murder them. Um, yep. Counterpoint: You go first. You advance to the midboard, and then you have no way to actually move past that ever. 
because you will end up with a, a line of fucking gray knights three inches from you and whenever you move near them they will just fuck off in the right moment this is basically how jack harpster's build worked against uh, most melee armies at wtc right but disembarking from transports doesn't trigger those rules anymore so anymore which is huge that is yeah true. i guess i don't know, i guess that's fair maybe maybe that does that change your analysis then on that i mean afterwards i mean that's significant right that is significant. I, I think the transports make it difficult the boxes make it very difficult for grand mm -hmm. i mean i think i agree with the i agree with your other matchups who you said were were strong but i think that any army that's as a pressure army in transports is going to be tough for them to uh to deal with nathan what do you think do we stick stick by our guns or do we submit to brian's will and put them See, down into fringe into a fringe choice. I, I'm not even saying they should be in fringe. I, I think they they are interesting. I do think they serve a role. I just don't think pressure armies is it. I think okay. that they um they have some some good. They they, they do some. That is stuff. fine, Brian. Everybody has a right right to be wrong, as we know. <laughs> fine, you do fine. get to use your first amendment. Exactly. Um, Agnes one after Pyra, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we stick by our guns. Put them in solid ticks. Imperial Agents is not an army. Uh, that is Imperial Knights, I believe. Yeah, it's Imperial Knights. Oh, um, I think that's, that's both, I, which is it wrong, was both. Yeah, sure. let's say that's Imperial Knights. I will just add uh, Chaos Knights in a bit. So, Imperial Knights, do we think they have any choice like chance of working now that after they've gotten buffs? No, they still suck. No, I agree. I, I have nothing impressed. How bad Most, mostly doesn't work because I, I guess. No other option are basically armies that just don't exist. I absolutely agree. At this point. Current request to zoom in. I agree. I could have done that earlier. My <laughs> my mistake, guys. Uh, Votan. Votan with their nerves, but also... I think Votan are very strong teams. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think they're very hard to put. Um, I think they have a really... like So they have a great passive secondary plan. They have some matchups that are just very good. Um, they lost 100 points. I my list already had 75 points. I didn't know what to do with. I think it's, I think they're still very good, solid pick. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't think they've changed that much, legitimately. I think they've lost some points, but that's fine. Like the Sagittar for 100 points was absolutely fucking bonkers, insane. Now it's very good. Yeah. Brian. 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 I gotta let you guys answer the question for works. All right, Nathan. Like, what do you think? Is this a real army? Is just for is me, it just a meme that Brian just pushes every single time he plays teams? So for me, they're probably a no other option. But uh, no, nah. um, <laughs> for me, I think they're a fringe choice. Again, it's a little bit like how you said, Brian, with the Grey Knights. There are so few good orc players that I don't necessarily get to see the the skill difference sometimes whereas they didn't get that much from the balance update they got a couple of things but i wouldn't say they skyrocketed either up or down so i for me they kind of go top of fringe it's kind of where i would put them i but, think uh, they have been a solid pick and they've stayed a very solid pick but you do have to need an excellent pilot for them and See, I will do a little trick right here and ask Brian about a matchup, which is basically 
squeezing the intel for Pyre out of him, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. What do you, Brian, what do you think about the Necrons matchup? Because I'm very interested, because I've I've seen all over the internet all kinds of all matters of opinions about that particular matchup. And I legitimately have no fucking idea right now. So which version of Necrons? Uh, both. I think uh, let's go with Crypt first. The hypercrypt, the jump. So hypercrypt, Catan heavy, no Catan. Yep. Uh, free Catan, definitely destroyers. Some heavy destroyers yeah, so, with so anti Catan heavy. I think, um, I think orcs are quite good in that. Um, and so the main reason for that is I think the best resource against Catan is is mass, um, you know, mass volume, low AP, um, strength six, maybe lethal hits, that kind of stuff. And orcs have access to that. And so orcs are very good at that. So like a unit of beast nagas near um, near Makari is gonna shred a uh, a katan in one activation. Um, yep. And so I think that in that sense they're very good. Also against hypercrypt, again I kind of I feel like anytime you play pressure army against so artless wants to go up and down, um, it's good for the pressure list. You know I still have that thesis. So sure. in that same way I think it's good against hypercrypt in that way. How about the Kurtz though? 18 wraiths. Um, so that one, I think, depends on the orc build. I think that some orc builds are, I generally, I think they're going to be fine against them. I think you have some tools that are going to make it so it's it's drawish kind of at worst. And I think it's, but I think um, there are some orc builds that are very good into it. You know, for example, like Sean's build that he played at LVO with the 20 man orc um, boys unit, very good in the race. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one tap a unit. Um, which, you know, it's not super easy to do otherwise. Um, and they still have the resources that are really good against Catan as well. So I think you can build to be good in that, but I think the Canoptic build is probably better against the more MSU work build. But I think it's still like an okay matchup. I don't think it's a bad matchup. Okay. I see them somewhere in here. I don't know where, where exactly. I think actually trying to... Um, make the tiers very accurate in like positioning of each single army is uh basically impossible right now we don't have enough data and i think it's very dependent on the pilot so i'm just plucking down them right in the middle and calling it done we have normal space marines whatever that means i will say the closest to that we have to that is the ultramarines build the vanguard build that uh john lennon popularized what do you get guys think that places probably that build yeah that build got hit hard in points that is true i've also heard anthony and say that it's absolutely still fucking broken but i think think the list of what it does is really powerful against certain things um and uh i could see it being taken but um i don't think it's quite suboptimal either i think it's for example i think it's a better pick than drukari and Blood Angels, mm-hmm. um, and CSM, in fact, too. I think World Eaters might be better pick personally, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I, think uh, I agree. I think yeah. their biggest problem is the fact that this army exists over here. Like them. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Tau. Tau, Tau, Tau. Tau with their new improved Riptides and nerfed Crisis suits. Obviously, they're getting a new codex soon, so it's kind of, do we put them in no other option? Uh, <laughs> otherwise, they're kind of like suboptimal. Might work for me personally. Mm-hmm. I still think they bleed secondaries too badly. 
I played Tau twice at the weekend, and I'm like, they're okay. They just inherently have issues. <coughs> Given that, that Tau, 20... mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I Go think ahead. Tau are another army which gates a lot of mileage out of a skilled pilot. Oh, um, definitely. And I think that, for example, I think Breachers are one of the most busted units in the game. Oh, um, yes, they are. I agree. Yeah. And, and so I think there are definitely builds for Tau. And, and Tau are very good at scoring secondaries, too. So they give up the secondaries, but it's not like they're not scoring secondaries themselves. Um, so I don't know. I, I think Tau are actually quite good. I don't I don't know. I think I wouldn't put it in solid. Uh, I don't know. It'd be towards the bottom of solid or or top of fringe, I think, uh, for me personally. I think, I think they're, they're very, very good pick. I kind of agree with both of you, um, but I am amazed in the amount of build possibilities that Tower have right now. Like, legitimately, when the crisis blobs kind of are worse in the sense with the points, uh, points nerves, and we, you have the Breacher Fish, you have the mech build with like Reptites, which are, I mean, 165 points for a fucking Reptite is a steel still. I think they have a lot of space to build for specific matchups, which I very much enjoy uh, in teams. I think they are an army that answers some problems while having problems themselves. I think their table might end up being very red and very green at the same time, depending on what you're coming up against. I I've think they just... are the opposite of all commerce army right now. For me, I've always just found them, every time I see them in teams or every time I see them in singles or whatever, it always seems to be, especially in WTC, where you have to push differential, even when they come away from big wins, they start coming away with like 11s and 13s because mm -hmm. while they... Because they left the 20 on Brigade down on the table, yeah. And I also don't find them that phenomenal at primary sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep, especially with that's an army with problems, but that's also an army happen. like some of the scarier stuff in the meta. Necrons. I think Tau can build incredibly well on Necrons, for example. It's one of the things, right? I well, think the guard, guard mantle is pretty cursed. It is. It absolutely fucking is, and yeah. I don't think that's fixable. I would be happy to put them top of French choices. I think. With the right pilot, sure. if you need the tech into some of the armies that you like ex are expecting to face, I think that army is able to tech into them. You are you will be sacrificing some of matchups, but I think this army is a little bit of a toolkit right now, which I very much enjoy. Um, Thousand Sons. I rate them really highly right now, actually. I fucking despise them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um... They're really interesting against a lot of the top of the meta. Um, I, I think, think they good. are an army that wins once against every single opponent because they are playing 11th edition, as Anthony said yesterday, and I kind of agree with that still. But holy fuck, every single build is just Magnus, five, men, five, five times five rubrics with characters in them. And... When you lose two squad of two squads of rubrics, you crumble every time. It's so like the amount of units that you have is just not enough to play Warhammer for me. If I think you it requires a really good pilot, right? You have oh, to amazing be, pilot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's an army which has no fault tolerance because, as you said, you know, you don't have the resources to be like, "Oops, I made that mistake. It's fine. I can play the game with four instead of five rubric marines here." Um, but 
I also think it's an army which has the tools that are are incredibly good into this meta. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and what they're doing is incredibly powerful. Um, the one of the matchups I thought would be really bad for them, for example, was Astromal Tireman. I think it's actually drawish after playing it five or six times. Um, I think but, I think it's fine. Like, yeah, and that's, Magnus that's himself scary. can win that matchup. Yeah, I've and seen. So, and he yeah, can just, also lose it if you fucking cannot. Yeah, and you're, like, you're great against Necron. I still think you're good against Eldari. You know, you, yep, you're, sure. you're good against a lot of the armies here. You're good in the works. I think you're you're just good into a lot of stuff here. Granite is so weird up that I don't want to talk about. Um, Can I just say how doomed this matchup is into Custodes right now? With uh, the, I'm trying to change. That's fair. Is it is it not good? I think now it's with the change yeah. with the change that the four up Philno paints works on the dev wounds. I think it's so doomed it's not even funny. You will get I've just fucking whacked. I have seen a couple of thousand suns lists now putting a demon prince to deal with the 18 Wraith list, and that actually seems to be working quite well. Actually mm -hmm. sniping out those characters. Granted, that's the annoying part of Necrons, where you then go cool down playing Hypercrypt, and it's kind of annoying. Um, but being able to actually deal with those Wraith units, uh, yeah, like we just said, if it's a draw into Astro Militarum, it's okay into Necrons, it's okay into Aldari. It's maybe a small... Uh, it's actually okay into Death Guard. It's not fantastic into Death Guard, but... I mean, for, for me, the problem is this army requires requires an absolutely the best pilot. I think you need... A few people on planet Earth can make it work against good players. I think we are talking like Liam, like maybe Vic. I am definitely not good enough to put uh, the Thousand Suns off right now, right now, even though I played them at WTC. And especially after... Um, like te I've tested some... Thousand Suns, even before the change where you cannot realistically take a fucking changeling or the blue scribes. I mean, you can if you want to play 120 points for blue scribe, uh, blue, blue well, horrors. Are actually bad, to be fair. That's a statement which I hate. I'm gonna have a stroke right now because I like just the idea of putting this 120 point unit into your list where you're struggling so much for points is just killing me. And like coming of Death Guard, where you have so many resources to throw every each way into Thousand Suns that you just have a couple of pieces. And if you fuck up a single positioning, you're completely dead, was too much for me to handle. But I think the, um, I mean, the Thousand Suns, like the reason I think they're well positioned right now is, is, is that having an army which has infinite damage, which is effectively what that army is, right? If they want to do infinite damage, they will. Is excellent into a lot of the stuff that's currently out there, right? I mean, like into Necrons, particularly where their whole gimmick is you can't kill me, and then Thousand Suns is bet, right? And and then I think that's like they're just so good into Necrons that I think that they're an interest, really interesting pick. I well, do I think they're solid, probably not. That's a little aggressive, but I definitely think they're at least in the fringe. Yeah, I agree. I am happy in putting them in fringe. I recognize how brutal the army can be. I and I think. It can be only achieved by the best. I I don't think they are like you. There is no always take. There's no fucking way if you don't have a very specialized player um, that you pick them. And no questions legitimately just doesn't fit right because you need the player to play that army. But other than that, I can see the power. But Nits, I love Nits. Like I love. Hearing about Nits from from everybody, I love listening to Ines and Anthony, like say how fucking trash they are. 
because I think they are busted good. <laughs> busted good. Is a busted Interesting. Good. Endless fucking swarm is ridiculous. It sure is a coin flip. Um, I think. Uh, I think Tyrion. Yeah, sure. Are an army. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Which if you are they... going to could they get could they, to get so fucked by Nids? It's not even fun. <laughs> I think I think um, Tyranids are are an army which it's it's similar to the to the kind of what sisters are trying to do in a team. They're trying to blunt something, and I think they're very good at that if played by by a skilled pilot. But I think that their damage is too anemic to ever get a score that's beyond a kind of drawish. Um, and so in that sense, I don't know that I want to, I don't know, it's a question for me of how many of those kinds of armies do I want? If we already have Grey Knights and we have sisters, like, do we really want a third, um, on the team? What's your opinion, Nathan? So I've played a metric fuck ton of nits because I think uh, other than an ending swarm, which I've played in private, not at events, but <laughs> at events now I've pretty much taken almost all the nid builds they have great options an ending swarm in teams is it it does push for me between like no questions and top of the list like again if we're talking about player skill always take no matter what that unending swarm can kind of be there depending on where the meta goes they just have if everybody's going more geared towards mech armies and you then throw 250 gaunts at them, plus gargoyles, everything else, it's while they don't necessarily do the damage, people don't have the damage to deal with you occasionally. Um, mm -hmm. For me, as an overall codex, the problem I have with the Underning Swarm, again, is always going to be that clock. And player fatigue. Like, playing that army for eight games at a WTC is a nightmare. Like, you're going to get towards the later rounds and struggle, personally. Um, so, for me, I'd put them in either top of fringe or bottom of solid pick, no question. As an overall codex. I This time, I will not succumb. This time, there's no fucking way. I've seen too many in it games that go just... I think people disrespect that army fundamentally. In so many ways. I think that Unending Swarm might be the army, like, next to Thousand Sons, that allows the most skill expression. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Like, if you optimize your movement with Unending Swarm to a degree... That is very hard to achieve, but like to the top level, I think this army is so incredibly strong. It's not even funny. It feels oppressively strong in the hands of good players. All I know is uh, at Pyra, it might be the first time I ever call somebody out on being battle ready and also on <laughs> clocking out. I will put them in solid picks, legitimately. Both Unending Swarm especially, but Invasion Fleet, I think, still is still solid and has some very interesting uh, propositions like to, to counter some of the picks. Spaeus Wolves, suboptimal, I guess? Uh, I think they're towards the Fringe bottom. Fringe choice? Yeah. 
sure. Yeah. I think we're going to trade trades, but I don't think you are ever going to bring them over like the better Space Marines, which is Black Templars or like. Yeah, probably not. I think like, I want to try out that the fact that Wolfen thirty or four hundred eighty points so is kind of. Bad. Yeah, they. I think it is like definitely uh, interesting. It will be definitely interesting to see. Um, how this build develops if there is like a place for them to fit into the meta mm -hmm. right now because the, the 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 wolfen seem incredible i agree i just don't know if there is a build yet there or just a unit yeah and it's, under, that... it's underexplored so for now I, I would definitely call it fringe until mm -hmm. they show yeah me. and the last one is chaos knights nathan so for me i put them in solid Say what? They've gotten hit. It is. They, they have. You basically you're losing the loan ops, or you're going back to thirteen knights. And but if you're taking thirteen, you're not taking six brigands. For me though, I still feel like they are. I'd still put them as a solid pick. I think they still have a good matrix into a lot of things. But I can see them being a fringe choice as well. Just via popularity. Ryan, what are we thinking? I think, um, I think Chaos Signs are another army where when you have a good pilot for it, the army reaches another level. Um, and I actually think they're, they're solid. They're an excellent choice for, for teams. I actually agree. I think I find them to be very nice to bring into an 8-man very specifically right now because they do answer some of the stuff and they are usually a problem for some armies at least. Like... For yeah, example, if you, they are stat checky still, um, but they can also play a very defensive game and just score primary very well. And suddenly you are expecting to get beaten, just fucking run through them, and turns out not very possible, which I like. Like enjoy the fact that you can put them like put them into a matchup that's supposedly bad for them, and the person might try to break like break your teeth in. And completely push you off the board, and that usually doesn't work with knights. Like it's very hard to push into them without the right tools. Yeah, I found them even at the weekend with the old meta. I play mine pretty defensively, and I was always I was put forward most of those rounds, unless we decided that we wanted to go his two vehicle car parks with Innis's list and my list. I was put forward a lot, so it was like I know I can play for draws in a lot of matchups with Chaos Knights. They, I found they traded really well into combat armies, and they still, again, still have the stat check thing. But I'm super biased, so I'm always going to put them in solid pick. Well, I think we generally agree as well. I think they they have lost a little bit. I think they are legitimately worse than they were. I would have put them way higher before this late, but Possibly, overall still yeah. strong. All right, gentlemen. And that is the end of the armies in the current 40k's <clears throat> situation. Are we happy with that? Do you think you, we would like to move anything? Do you see something off? I'm generally I'm happy with the list. Yeah, yeah I think we will... the categories they're in. Mm -hmm. Of course. I think, I think, as I've said before, trying to sort the Every single tier, yeah. army by army, would be a massive <coughs> frustration right now. And it oftentimes is in teams. I think teams is very 
dependent on how you look at the game as well. There is definitely a lot of opinions flying around and like tiny things that you might see uh, because you have the right pilot for the army, for example. Mm. Yeah, I but like it, this overall. I think it's yeah. a good job and and very enjoyable having this talk with you guys. I'm super excited for Pyra right now. Gonna I'm going to like we've just done that. I'm super excited to see how this compares to team compositions <laughs> of every <laughs> single team there because it's going to be hilarious. I am expecting a lot of um, surprises in the team comes for sure. All right. If that is it for the theorist, we will move on to the questions. We don't have a lot, but we certainly have a couple of them. Um, a question that I forgot to answer when we were talking about IT, but uh, from Derek. Brian, if I recall, co recall correctly, you were on guard for the event. What was the play pattern you found yourself in most games, and how did the Psyker uh, Chimera play out? Um, so generally most games, uh, you know, the, the Lehman Russ would move up to cover a firing angle into the middle objective while trying to stand along the side objective if we could. Uh, the Kazakin, I would try to use as aggressively as possible so I could play the game with 80 of them instead of 30. Um, the, uh, indirect would go for their scoring units. Um, I want to reduce their activations as much as possible. Um, and just generally, that's how the game played. Although there was mm -hmm. one thing to be said for when I played against Green Knights, it was the most soul-sucking experience of either of our <laughs> lives. <laughs> it's just chucking manticores at them. Um, so that was interesting. Um, the the primary psychers were great. Um, they seem like they should do more damage than they do, but having access to dev wounds um, was a really useful tool. Um, for example, against Nate. Um, there was a knight on four wounds. I have the option of either I shoot the manticore or basilisk at it to try and knock off those wounds, or I can shoot the wizards at it. I get two sixes, no saves, take the thing off the board. Um, it was just a very useful little tool to have there. Yeah, I was very impressed nice. by them. Nice. Nice tech. I like those. All right, thank you. And the qu a question from Mitch. Do you see the team's meta moving in a more chaffy direction, more to our heavy chunky units, or somewhere else entirely? I think we are going to have a lot of mix of everything right now. I think there's going to be a very difficult task to take into a, a type of list. I think the top armies will be playing very different styles of lists. I think like the guard is a little bit of a... Of course, no loss shooting, but um, you've got mechanized infantry, some Lehman Russes maybe there, a lot of chaff. So let's say MSU Necrons might be like the court is a very blobby kind of thing. Uh, Elder are for MSU. Death Guard is kind of mechanized, but also MSU. Castodis is probably blobs, but you can build either way. I think MSU is the most widely accepted that it can work in many very many armies but that even those msu builds will have a differentiation between them and like are they tanks or like rhinos are they just running around stuff like this for me i would describe the new meta as going to be probably msu mech or stat check that's also fair so guard is guards the kind of the weird one in the middle with the indirect 
Necrons as stat check, Eldars, MSU, Death Guards, tanks, Adeptus Custodes as stat check, Sisters as tanks, Orcs as tanks, Votans tanks, Tyranids stat check, Black Templars probably tanks, Grey Knights stat check, Chaos Knights stat check. Sure. And tanks. That's kind of yeah. where I'd see where it kind of is. It's kind of interesting too because a lot of these armies that we've seen here towards the top have multiple builds in them that mm -hmm. work. And those builds are MSU or stat check right? I mean, look at Black Templars. You either have the car park or Sword Brethren, um, you know, or you have, uh, uh, you know, Necrons with the, you know, the Hypercrypt version or the, or actually they're kind of all stat checky there, I guess. But, um, you know, I think there's just, there's multiple builds in each one of these, in a lot of these books that do tend to be kind of the extremes in your, and which one you mm -hmm. answer and which one you're going to see probably depends on a lot of factors you know what models people own what are you trying to build on your team yep i think one of the f uh, best things after the slide and why i'm having why the reason why i'm having so much fun right now in building the uh, eight man team cons for prior for example is just the amount of options you have legitimately because the metal is unsolved you can do some wild stuff and like go outside of this chart that we have right here and still kind of Fringe choices are still choices, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are in the state of unresolved, unknown, dual shit as well, which is very fun, honestly. Derek asks another question. What predators are out there to take on the Necron matchup right now? Any surprises in them? Who are the Necron killers? I've got one, at least. Um. So... Play them or smash them. That's two different things. I think counter them. Okay. I think that there's a lot of armies that can play them to a to a score at least. Like I don't yeah. I legitimately don't think we are going to see a lot of blowouts from Necrons. I don't think they are this kind of army that can go into most stuff that we have on the board in like the upper section and score a fucking 18 on them. I don't think that army works this way. It it can. It has the potential to, if you paired it, I think, in an aggressive matchup, it it does have some matchups where it just board control. Sure, but that's people. few and far between, I would say. But what do True. you think actually beats them? What what would you what would you never put Necrons into? Um, I don't think you really want them into sisters. Um, mm -hmm. I think the archers line up very nicely there. I don't think you want them into orcs. Mm -hmm. Um. Endless Swarm is probably a nightmare for them, to be honest. Um, maybe not, but it seems like, you know, you're talking armies with board control that make you roll a lot of dice, which is something that Necrons don't necessarily do. I mean, they yeah. have built to do, but... I think Custodes can be very problematic for them. They've got a lot of good profiles. If you pick some of the choices in the Codex, I think they are incredibly well prepared for to take on Necrons and kill them even. Um, and they do don't generally do shit into them. Like damage wise, they struggle a lot. So you will slowly lose ground to the custodes player most of the time. Uh, GK can play them to an extent. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, you just have to. It it comes down to the Necron player. If he overstretches, <clears throat> you can just gang up on a side, collapse a flank, do that kind of shenanigans. And actually, the rest of the damage output coming back from Necrons when you got two up saves, cover, AOC, doesn't really do anything. But, yeah, it's kind of one of those, I wouldn't say it's, I'd say it's a game, it's not. 
like a comfortable game for them either yeah, way. I think the main takeaway for me right now is whereas it was incredibly difficult to find a counter to things like CSM and Elder previously. Like you just took them and the best you could kind of do is put something that draws them. I think right now Necrons are definitely if you put them down as like for first defender, for example, there will be our people will be prepared for them for sure. And there will be armies that can legitimately make Necrons players struggle to beat them. I think they are not unbeatable. I think in teams they have answers, as every single one of these armies does. I don't think there's a single army in the game right now that would just put fucking greens and yellows across the board. I think most of the armies... Dark Angels, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, it does feel at least, even though we're looking at those four probably auto-takes, None of them are as oppressive as that, say, like a curse list or the Eldar list in its mm -hmm. prime. Or it seems like actually those are all somewhat playable. Guard artillery is playable, sometimes it's really not. But yeah, I think that at least the meta's not ramshackled by a couple of lists now. Yeah, I think because there's no definite boogeyman except for maybe Garden Crons, I, I legitimately put them as the very top of the cream but they both have answers still which i love i honestly love the situation where you don't have this problem of absolutely no way to counter an army it's it's so frustrating and i don't think that we are in that spot um we've got a, a super chat from clown mode for 20 bucks thank you very much for that how would you use voten and form and team with necrons custodians and orcs already there I think Voden are quite um, like do they need a specific role, especially in that team? I think they can be quite versatile. I think so too. I think they're there are a lot of things going for them. They're pretty board board agnostic, they're pretty um matchup agnostic. They don't have really matchups that are just awful anymore. Possible except for maybe still Eldar. I don't know if that's still true. Um I think they're generally fine. I mean, so when I play Botan, they're always really good at killing the Incarn, which means they're probably pretty decent at killing Catan. Yeah, I think I think Hearthguard are excellent Catan killers, and I think that's one of the armies that can also stop, at least stop Necrons. I don't think Necrons are very comfortable into that. I don't think they might necessarily lose it outright, but if you need something to, for example, stop it, or like uh, make sure your other players don't get Necrons. I think Votan are a fine army to throw into that. You need mm -hmm. to also remember if you are playing Foreman teams, you are very limited in your choices naturally, right? Mm -hmm. So there will be situations where you don't have the optimal thing to do, let's say. So Votan can, for me at least, take up the spot of the army who takes the, wor like the, the worst matchup, so to say, because... They're quite versatile. There isn't going to be um, anything that outright smashes them every time, for example. So I would use them as a kind of, I don't have an attacker that's very appropriate. I've used my answers. Sure, let's throw Votan into that. They should be fine. Yeah, I would, if with the Votan list, probably still air down the double half guard list for things like your Necrons, for your, some of the other armies. Like if you're still looking at 
how when you say how you use Votan, I guess it also depends how you build the list. Surprisingly, the large number of builds in an army with like seven data sheets. Right, that's that's mm. quite incredible, and honestly, an achievement after how bad the Votan release was at first. Yeah. It was a great release for fifteen. Yeah, sure. <laughs> For those couple of people that just printed out or bought fucking freelancers, <laughs> yeah, say that. And we have the last question of the show: uh, How does a new elder list look like? You bring some fal falcons, you bring the whale reaper, you still bring fugan. You might go wave serpents, you might go some harlequins uh, with things like Evrain. I think it's a solid pick. You might still bring incarn. Um, it's worse, it's definitely worse, but I don't think it's bad. Um, you just go a lot of units and fuck around and kill yeah. a lot of stuff. Just take elves that roll dice and you're probably going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Still very solid. As we, we've we um, concluded, still an absolute uh, one of the top picks. In singles and in teams. Uh, if you want to see an elder list, like uh, ideas, uh, look at Liam's list from last week. I don't think that uh, list changed almost at all. Nothing uh, changed. And you can look up uh, Tourney Keeper and like look at Duda's old lists and what he's been running throughout his tournaments. There's a lot of like MSU ideas in there as well. All right. And that was our last question. Thank you so much for this. We've gotten a little luck, but uh, there was a lot of topics and tier lists usually do that to us. But uh, thank you for sticking out. Thank you for everybody watching. And it's been a pleasure. Next one, I think we've already established that we will be skipping the 21st. So in two weeks, you won't be seeing us uh, live. Instead, what we will do is bring on Ines and Anthony. Um, on the 28th of uh, the month is called February, thank you. My brain is not working anymore. Um, and we will be talking Pyra extensively uh, after the Pyra with all secrets out, uh, with all the questions answered and our thoughts about the tournament, about the meta and about what we didn't expect, expect and what worked out and what didn't. So it's going to be a super exciting episode and join us then in three weeks. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Brian, for joining us for this one. Yep. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me on, guys. Pleasure. And see you at the next one. Goodbye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.